Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. Uh, in today's episode, uh, we will not be playing any games here, and uh, we're going to do pretty much everything uh, by the cuff. And today, it's uh, me, Ryan, joined by Lenny. So uh, we're we're sans John. He's off traveling to Saudi Arabia. He's probably uh, getting his Arabian goggles right now on his magic carpet ride with Ol Habibi. Uh, he's it's gonna. I think he's gonna have some some crazy stories to tell us. Uh, just from like the first few days, uh, me and him have been messaging, and like he's yeah, he's it's been interesting for him. Uh, I can't wait to get him back here. Uh, hopefully, he gets his living situation sorted, and then you know, we we could get the trio. I think he's back already together. done. I think he's already done the magic carpet ride. Didn't he do that like day one when he got there. Right. Yeah. Ex- oh, so yeah. I'm more specifying about his Arabian goggles here. Ah. Okay. Those must be very important <laughs> and critical to the to carpet riding. Um, well. It's, yeah. No, John. That's yeah, right. You should you should Google that later. Oh, I, I, dangerous. I don't try. I, I don't trust anybody telling Not me. Not on any government or work computers. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, I grew up on the internet. I'm good. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, John. Uh, no game. Um, and this is the third week of a triple header for F1. So we're going to stay in the F1 pocket, uh, which means more or less that I'm still kind of the expert. But Lenny also knows a lot about F1. I want to ask him some questions specifically about racing. Uh, he is much better at than I am. So yeah, thank kind of thank God that F1 uh, is having a break for at least this weekend because the the triple header was a lot for me. Like I can't even imagine what it is for people who listen to us. Probably already tired of us talking about F1. Like F1 three weeks in a row. Like Absolutely. that was the subject. We gotta switch it up next week. It's the week. best. It's the best. F one F one is the best stuff. And uh you know, not not that I'm complaining. F one is awesome. It but... really is. It, we went to uh Monza this week, which is been around longer than any other circuit. I think this was year seventy two. Something ridiculous. You've got f- Ferrari and special yellow livery. There was lots of good memes about them being minions to Max Verstappen. Um <laughs> lots of Lots of good stuff. Uh, did you see the banana memes of Charles? Yeah, yeah. Uh, evolved Charles. <laughs> yes. They, they said they peeled Charles. They peeled oh, Charles. God. Lots of good Ferrari memes out there. Uh, lots of good stuff. You can catch that on our Discord at uh, Zero F Podcast. Those invites are available through our Twitter and Instagram with the same name. Come join us. I post actively to F1. I just started playing F1 2022 seriously in the past couple weeks as well i think it's better than the last year's game it has also crossplay just got enabled which means that you know i'm on a playstation and even if you're on a pc master race or the uh, little brother of the pc master race x bone it doesn't matter we can all play together (laughs) which is great okay uh hopefully you have a sim rig if not that's also cool controllers are neat um but we'll probably make fun of you for it. So that's my kind of general news of what's going on. Lenny, you said you had some actual legit car stuff. I will not make fun of you for it if you're on controller, I think. Uh, You know, controller is where it's at for a lot of things. Yeah, I started on controller. Otherwise, then you could go fuck off. Hey, I started on a controller. It's cool. Uh, But like, okay, it's like trying to play like Rock Band or something like that with a controller instead of using the actual correct controller for the game. The correct controller for the game when you're doing racing, is a steering wheel. Yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's not. But you know, some people 
can't afford a, I, a, a yeah. sim rig or you know a steering wheel or whatever and so like your controller is all they got i i get it that's where i was run yeah. what you got sometimes know, know what you got but you should still come play f1 with us uh it'd be a lot of fun i'm totally down to, to do time trials there's two-player co uh co-op like career mode which is pretty cool so lots of cool things you can do with that so that's my kind of sim stuff because we know i don't do actual car stuff lenny you do actual car stuff you said you got some sick stuff in the uh drop box there Oh yeah, I got some overnight parts from Japan. <laughs> to quote, you know, um, pulling out. I know, uh, no, yeah. A buddy, of, <laughs> a buddy of mine went over to. Uh, he lives in Japan. He went over to Nismo Mori Factory in mm. Yokohama. Cool. The other weekend, uh, Nismo. For those paying attention to Nismo and GTR market things, uh, they remade a few. Like, I don't know, maybe like 100, 200 uh, R34 GTR main gauge clusters. And I, I think also a few for the Nissan S15 Silvia. Uh, like, they reproduced these Nismo main gauge clusters. And, like, they're expensive to begin with. But, like, they, they only made a limited run of these. Uh, and you could only order them. Uh, if you had a special connection to Nismo, or if you went to the Omori factory the day that they, you know, said that you you could start doing that, right? Because huh. it's like a shoe drop. The way things are now, yeah, it's like they're a shoe basically drop. a shoe drop. <laughs> yeah, Nismo did, Nismo did a main gauge, main cluster gauge drop. Did a supreme. Uh, thing. All right, gotcha. Yeah, but anyway, my my buddy, he was over there. He doesn't even have an R34 or an S15. He has an R33 GTR. Uh, but he's a savvy, you know, collector and reseller. And so he went ahead and ordered him on a BNR 34 white face gauge cluster. Ooh, that sounds cool. Um, but while we're, while he was there, he, he made a few other purchases and, and made a few purchases for me. And so like, I got this nifty collapsible, uh, Nis, Nismo box. Uh, it's, it seems kind of weird for me to say on the radio cause none of you guys could see this, but like, it's. It's pretty cool. It's legitimate. Uh, like it, it holds 50 liters. It could, you know, hold a compression weight of 650 kilograms. It, it's like a, a really quality mechanic garage box that I'm going to chuck a bunch of parts in and, and not have to worry about it. Like, oh, I thought there was like something in the box. You were going to do like an unboxing video for everybody or something. So you actually no, got no, like that, no the box. So it's a mechanic the box. box. It's a, okay. So it's like yeah. a mechanical box. Okay. It sounds really yeah. Yeah, I thought you were like I, so like I, I thought you had because I was confused because it was like wait so you don't have a thirty four so did you get thirty four gauge clusters and then put those in your thirty two that's and then this box they sent you was a cool box because I was thinking like shoe releases and how the boxes are kind of like part of the whole thing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not so much. No, okay. this this is a separate product all of its own. Um, amongst the other things that was in this box, there was a a baby romper, a Nismo baby romper oh, that geez. I got for of course for, for Lenzo. Yeah, <laughs> and it has GTR in the in the back. Nice. So you know, I had had, I had to, to get, get it. it. Yeah. Uh, then some other stuff for some people who wanted it. Like uh, I got Mike from Revmatch Podcast. Uh, shout out to them uh, for something for his R33. It was the Nismo C-Pillar dry carbon hmm. um, garnish. It like it, It's like a outside accessory piece. It looks really nice. It's in dry carbon. Cool. Uh, you could only get it 
from the Nismo factory in Japan. So like it's a very exclusive piece, but we were able to get it for him. Nice. I think it was like the only one in stock. So oh, lucky wow. him. Super. Rare yeah. Drop. So like the Nismo Santa came, came by, got a bunch of other stuff like towels, stickers, uh, they some really did a Supreme drop. This just sounds like Supreme with Nismo yeah. on it. I mean, I just... <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. That's it it pretty awesome. It's good stuff. Nice. Uh, I hope to get some, some more regular Nismo stuff. So, if you like Nismo stuff and you're listening to this, you know, hit me up at, at Mr. Zero Lip. Maybe we could work something out. I could request something from my buddy. There you go. That's the inside track right there. Everybody's got to have one. And uh, let's talk more than about F1. Let's get into my favorite thing about cars in general. It's Monza. If you don't know this track, you should. It's like the best beginner track to practice on in some ways because it's all straights. And then like chicane, chicane, medium speed turns, medium chicane thing, and then like a sustained sweeping high speed turn. That's it. Rinse and repeat. Uh, <laughs> easy to easy. To, I would say easy to learn on, difficult to master. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, I totally agree with that, that kind of philosophy because especially like even just the beginning chicane. I've watched my kids and like other people I've had use my sim that just completely blast through. <laughs> like they just, they don't understand breaking points. They don't understand like how to even get through that. And then the master part of it, or you could have, you're going to have people on the track with you that don't give you enough space. And then you have what we had, what we had last, last year, year with Max and yeah. Lulu. Lulu should have given Max more space. Um, so like I, I love it. Yes, I I totally agree with you. Uh, yeah, while while we're on that subject of last year, what's funny too is we'll get into this later in the race. What happens with Lewis later at turn one and two? Uh, it's a surprise. Um, so realistically, it's a great track. It's super old. It is it is literally the Italian hand purse. We talked about this last week. I put the meme up. It is it is phenomenal. Um. It's kind of boring. It's kind of exactly. boring overall. It's a boring race. That's the thing, though. It's not really a super exciting race. It can be kind of like if you look at the past couple of years, it's been exciting mostly due to crashes and then upsets. Essentially, you have last year with Daniel yeah. Rick. The year before that, we have Gasly. Uh, the year before that, you have Charles Leclerc winning, Charles. which, which yep. at that point in time was an upset because Ferrari was like not great. So. It's a really kind of like anything can happen sort of track, any given Sunday uh, sort of circuit, which I think is kind of cool. Max uh, has up to this point never won at Monza, um, despite winning a lot of other places. And I think that overall he had to start a little bit back due to some penalties, but like it was it was like spot, dude. It was like, oh, okay, I bet by the end of lap one it'll be in P3. Oh, Golly gee, he's there! Uh, like, I mean, this is like yeah, this is like watching another... Michael Jordan and the Bulls type of level of just dominance, right? I mean, this is nuts. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was really something. He, he he was overtaking one car, I think, one per lap. It's nuts. Uh, un- until he was out in front, the Monza curse lives on. Unfortunately, um, Danny Rick. Uh, you know, getting out later in the race, jumping ahead there, but like you, yeah. you had mentioned Danny Rick, and so I, 
remembered about that. So that's unfortunate. Um, Max will probably not win next year's race by that standard if we're going. If we'll we see. Predict. Yeah, it's um, like video game cover curses. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of upset here. I'm upset. Really? Ferrari didn't cock it up again this weekend. No, I was talking hard. I was talking hard in the Discord with my predictions that they were going to have an engine meltdown. Yeah, uh, on race day, and you know, unfortunately, that didn't come to any fruition. And um, they just uh, didn't have it. Uh, they, I would say that they threw every strategy that they had, uh, which seemed to be plenty from the radio calls that they were uh, communicating with Leclerc. Uh, they seem to be still they seem to evolve their strategy from not knowing what the hell they're doing to kind of having options but leaving it up to the drivers so like plan I, e. i'm really curious lenny would you like to go with R plan e <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm just really curious to to be a flannel on how that developed right like they they must there must have been some sort of admission behind closed doors um from Matteo, like that they they were in a bad spot and you know they were they weren't delivering for their drivers and so like the drivers were like okay you know what just give me all just just give me all the information like i i want to be making the decisions at 200 miles an hour uh rather than you guys because you guys just seem too incompetent like that's what it seems to me yeah but here's the thing i, I here, i'm blown away because it seems like his Matteo's overall attitude is that the people above him at Ferrari are okay with him not winning the championship at this point because it's so far-fetched. And so, like, because somebody that, in my opinion, is, like, stressed about losing their job and, like, I don't know, I'd be a little more freaked out. You know what I mean? This guy seems, like, completely either stoned out of his mind on whatever they're cooking up in Italy or something because, like, there's no way, man. Like, think about if Toto or Christian Horner were in the situation – they, they would have a much different attitude. Um, so it's just bizarre to me. So part of it is, yeah, they've given this, there's this continual joke of the surveys and giving their drivers more options. How much does that happen, though, with the other drivers? They're selective in the broadcasting of what radio calls we hear. Um, unless you're hardcore and you go in and actually actively listen to like entire races from the driver's perspective and you can hear all the radio calls, it's still quite interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, I really would like to know how that internally developed. I mean, it seems to be doing better for them considering, you know, previous weeks. Uh, they didn't mess up any pit stops. They didn't mess up any strategy Ooh. calls. They literally threw the kitchen sink, I would say, at Max Verstappen, but they just couldn't catch him for the pace. Like even yeah. even at the the crazy qualifying pace that you know they were they were doing both Ferraris, uh, and you know Carlos was was doing great stuff uh, moving up the field. The whole race, I'm sure you, the whole you have race. yeah you have something to say about that. But like they just <laughs> they just couldn't catch up to him. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so you have an early pit stop, though, coming from Leclerc, which is kind of initiated. They want to do an undercut on Max. Uh, Max ended up staying out much longer on his initial tires, really worked him. I mean, you want to talk about, like, has he hung out with Checo enough that he has become someone who, like, has learned how to not just womp the shit out of his car and makes his tires last? I don't know, but it seems well, to be he working. Was, he, was, he was a good tire manager before, yeah. I'm sure. Um you know, talking to Checo, they they've swapped 
they've swapped things. I don't know it's nuts. what the relationship is like, but hey, Checo's on, on pretty good terms. Checo's the, the the type of guy that's exactly what they want. They don't need a somebody who's fighting for something. They need somebody who blocks, right? Not like George and 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 uh, Lewis, where Lewis is becoming the number two driver, and George is now their number one. They don't want that at all for Max. <laughs> Everybody knows if you're going to be if you're sitting in the other seat next to Max, you are never going to be the number one driver. You're, you're just not, and that's why Danny Rick went. I'm out. You know what I mean? And Albon yeah. and Gasly tried, but they either were trying to be too cocky or whatever. But that's that is the design. Albon just doesn't have it. No, well, no. We'll be doesn't. honest. Albon just doesn't have it. He doesn't. This is not in his personality. I think. No, but and he would have uh, been. Back, he would have been good. Checo. Yeah. So yeah. Actually, I'm just coming to this sort of thought here as we're talking. I'm going to steal it from you really quick. I'm sorry. Yeah, I understand. Uh, (laughs) Uh Uh, Checo's in this mid-season slump again. I think this is for the second or third season in a row. Like, he's just really quiet. He's not, he's producing, Mm -hmm. but he's not, I don't know. Maybe we're just used to him being spectacular, doing spectacular stuff. Uh, but he's, he's had a second-place finish. I get it. But this race and a few races before that second-place finish, he was, like, in the fifth, seventh, ninth place. You know, get, still getting points, just not uh, up there with Max. Uh, and um, he did the same thing last year, or the same thing kind of happened to him. I don't know if... Um, he just doesn't like being in the the European tours too long for him, or the European and then the Asia tours too long for him. Before you know, gets back to Latin America, you know, with the Mexico Grand Prix and his home race, which he will definitely win this year. I hope so. Um, but I, I, I want to talk about something that interesting with Checo. Okay, so first off, Checo is basically in a race position where he would have been with Racing Point, and on top of that, it's just instead of being in a car that it, he's pushing that car to the limits of it he's kind of settled into the red bull and functioning with it and able to kind of stay in that getting points but like not necessarily pushing for podiums and before checo was in that position in a car that necessarily didn't have the balls he was like pushing the car to a limit whereas now it's just kind of i'm taking it easy with the car now is that is that is he just comfortable in those i don't know he just seems like the type of guy who wants to fight for it but he also is able to Earlier this season, you know, he was tied with Charles with all of his failures and Ferrari's mess ups for P for P two in the in the drivers championship before this race. And so he's clearly consistent. So I mean like yeah, I'm not he's consistently yeah, really scoring points, shit. right? It, it, but I get what you're saying though. He's not his attitude, it's not like for years when it was Lewis, Max, Botas, Max, Botas, Lewis, Lewis, Max, you know, that it was it, it's not like Max and Checo are on the podium every single weekend like it was during the most dominant era that a car could possibly be a car. It's not the driver, Lewis. Um, because because if it was the car, guess what? Both of them would be up there. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Anyways, so you have the fact yeah, that he's kind right. of in this okay position, and he does great, and he's doing what he needs for the team, and he's not going to be burnt out by trying to chase and like beat Max, which is important, I think. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's just a smart strategy from Checo that yeah. I'm, I'm just naive to there. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean he's 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 an older guy. He's got kids. 
Uh, he's settled into this. He literally got. To, he's in Red Bull right now, dude. He's not at Racing Point. He's not in. He's not in the shit show that uh, Vettel was hanging out in and Daddy Stroll and all that crap. He said, "Peace out." Red Bull offered him a contract. What does he have to complain about? <laughs> Nothing. He's just yeah. consistently scoring points. Red Bull's going to get constructors and whatever. Uh, so he's just been he's just been quiet for me. I, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if he was ever loud before though. I don't. I don't know if he ever was a loud guy. True. Uh, speaking True. of loud guys and some pretty good overtaking, and we alluded to this before with how he didn't give any space to Max last year. Uh, Lewis actually started towards the back of the pack due to some engine changes, much like half of the pack um, last weekend and the weekend before that. Spa. Spa was a big example of the whole pack disappears. And we have Lando Norris coming out of the pit lane. And as Lando is coming out of the pit lane, he kind of times it incorrectly, almost like Max did last year, and kind of slows down everybody, and Lewis is able to get a double overtake. I thought that was pretty smooth. It clearly shows that he knows how to give space in a way that he can overtake without running into somebody. Um, so Yeah, I would agree with you there that it was very smooth. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was a clean, clean overtake. Now, I think the best overtaker of the entire uh GP though, I got to give it to Carlos Sainz. That guy was smooth operator, start to finish. I mean, he was beautiful to watch. That was the fast hmm. car. Good to see. The other guy that didn't necessarily get overtakes that everybody's been talking about is Nick DeVries. Now, I asked you why I don't like this guy, and I I, I said, is it is it because of his face? <laughs> I don't disagree. It's kind of because of, kind of, of his face. Now, I don't like the guy because he stood next to Toto Wolf, who is like, I don't like that guy. And um, he's got he's <laughs> with the with the the scar with the sweater over yeah, his, his yeah. shoulder. He just looked like like mini Toto. He's a clown. Great. And so basically, you got the Mercedes. I was during the Dutch Grand Prix. That's right. And then you were saying uh, that you watched it, and I did as well. The post-race stuff, you can get on Formula 1 TV. We're not sponsored by them, but you should definitely get Formula 1 TV if you're going to get serious about watching Formula 1. And the guy was just like, I work for Mercedes, and I can't secretly say that Sonoda is conspiracizing to shut our league down, but I think he is type of crap. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to hurt you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was he was just he was talking kind of out the side of his neck. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was. Talk, talk to me it's about out it. of place. It's out of place for a Dutch person to do first, uh, which is maybe why I don't like him. Maybe that they. I'll, I'll. You know what? I'll. I'll say that's an addition to 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 that. We'll we'll make that official. Wait, 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 wait. You don't like? He's the, not. Wait, he's wait, not wait, Dutch wait. enough. Wait. He's okay. So you like the Dutch people. You just don't like the people that associate with Dutch that aren't Dutch because Max Verstappen is technically Belgian, but then he associates with the Dutch. So, okay. So it's the, it's the pseudo Dutch people you don't like, not the <laughs> Dutch people you don't like. Let's just clarify that here, folks. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Carry on. I might regret those words later. Probably. But, you know. Uh, yes. Uh, he's just, uh, I, First of all, I didn't know who he was at the Dutch Grand Prix. I'm like, who the hell is this kid talking about like all these race car drivers who who like just finished the GP and they're like, he he was just being really nonchalant, like, oh yeah, you know, Yuki drove pretty well, I guess, but you know, he could have done better. I the way he was talking was like, I would have done better, and I had to do a little bit of research into Nick the Five Head DeVries. Um, <laughs> 
So <laughs> and he, he's like a reserve driver for like every team. He if if he if he was asked if if he was Ash Ketchum and in Pokemon and he was going around uh, collecting gym badges and gym badges were contracts for from teams. He would have all the gym badges. Hold on, first of all, Nick DeVries uh, specifically is only for Mercedes. So that's but he's had contracts for McLaren, for Williams, or Mercedes. Will. Mercedes. Now I, they both have Mercedes oh, engines. I, yeah. Come I guess on. if you're going by big umbrella. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Touche. Yeah. I can see. And also, he came from Formula E driving the Mercedes Benz EQ Formula E uh, as well which I believe is managed or one of uh, the teams of Formula E is managed by Toto's Wolf's wife or something like that, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, so that's kind of the whole thing there. So he's definitely, he's kind of like the next George Russell, but not as cool. I don't know if I'll ever be on the fence with this guy like I am with George Russell, where I'm in a love-hate relationship uh, with this guy. Um, but he's definitely... I don't know. He 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 drove pretty well. Uh, so like I I I came up with that thought uh, last week, you know, okay. live at the the post, you know, and I and then lo and behold, I see him in qualifying. I'm like, oh man, look at this kid driving in in Q3. Uh, then I heard and read later that you know it was kind of a super last minute thing to throw him in the car because Albon had uh, what does he have like tendonitis uh, or, or something like that. I think he's a appendicitis. Oh yeah. wow, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know if he's recovering. He, uh, everybody wishes him well. Um, and uh, he said, you know, downside, I got scars and pain and all that. Upside, you know, stuff like that. He had a good tweet. Um, so Pain-reduction. yeah, reduction. Debris is also a Formula Two winner as well. So the guy can race. What mm-hmm. I find interesting though is that you have I'm to say he can. What What I find interesting is that he comes from. Formula 2, which is kind of a more controlled car, Formula E, and then he gets in the big boy car, and he got done with Monza and was like, can somebody help me out of the car? My shoulders are done. And look, Nick, I feel you because if you use a sim rig and you put on all the stuff, dude, your shoulders are shot. It's a shoulder workout to use a sim rig. And so, like, for me, as a pleb who doesn't race. Now, Lenny owns a GTR, and you can drink if you're an old-school fan. And also, when we go karting, Lenny's probably going to kick my ass just due to physical endurance and being able that he's done karting before in general. It's why if you don't say racing is a sport, <clears throat> you, you, you're in the fan. You just, just stop. Um, so, yeah, it was just interesting that he was able to really keep defending. He qualified well. He pushed the Williams to the limits. And look, this guy... Debut, got points. Latifi, you need to leave. Alex Aban, continue just being the cheeky little cute Asian boy over at Williams. I don't care. You're great. I like his personality. But, like, this is the type of guy that is, like, three. Yeah, well, he now has more points than Al- than Latifi. That's so. right. Like, in, like, four years. Probably three say. years. Latifi's never. Yeah, let's hope. God. Let's hope that he has a seat. He, he seems like a budding young champ. He and does. So, like, I and hope- he's. I wish him well. He is going to be the guy. He's Dutch. So basically, I think that Toto's already standing next to him. We've got George taking over at Mercedes, the big boys. DeVries is going to go to Williams next year and just hang out for a couple of years. And then Lewis Hamilton's going to retire because he's a washed 
uh, championship and the and uh, the car isn't good anymore. Hold on, three years by the way is twenty twenty six. So this gives the Mercedes a chance to to revitalize their car. But by then, Lewis will be fed up by not having a car that dominates, and his skill on driving doesn't actually help him outperform anybody. And so it'll be George and DeVries and Mercedes in twenty twenty six. I'm calling it now. Hot take. You, you heard it here first. Sure. Keep that pin. I, as you as you were saying that, I kind of like had this image of Toto in a lab with a white coat making Nick DeVries and he and like Toto like thinking and like saying to himself like uh, if I can't if I can't have Max, I'll make me a Max. <laughs> Like, like wait wait is this Nick like a, is a max clone is this a, is this a mixture of like dexter's laboratory and the professor from powerpuff girls type of thing going on in your head yes yes, yes. do that exactly yes that exact image. perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean he held off uh what's funny too is that he's the whole time he's in p9 and behind him is is joe who is a legit f1 rookie but doesn't have the experience in formula e that devries has so like it was a pretty fair contest because like realistically like they're kind of on the same level and it was really kind of a cool battle and kept the story going because as Lenny said it was kind of a boring race but like you got you got to find the story somewhere and so that's kind of was the main story and then as uh Lenny talked about earlier we have Danny Rick crashing at the end it was a boring race up until Danny Rick at the end Danny Rick (laughs) at the Curve D Lesmo turn the six and seven kind of the farthest point in the track has a crash because of the alluded to Monza curse now this happened five laps before the end, similar to another race, <clears throat> Abu Dhabi, last year, and similar to uh, another race we just had recently with a safety car towards the end, which was the Netherlands last week. And I'm pretty sure that Lewis Hamilton fans and Mercedes fans in general are just really toxic. I knew this before, but it has gotten worse and worse and worse. This is the... I know F1, but I really want to go and talk to an actual guy who's raced. Lenny, yeah, it's you. John's not here. He doesn't count. So for me, I think that would make sense from like a gaming standpoint in my head. Like, why are we not red flagging this five laps before the end and having some sort of shootout, right? That would be more exciting for the fans. Like what we had in Abu Dhabi, but not in the cheeky, weird way that happened. But, like, I feel like that also removed the dice roll of, like, Lewis, you probably should have pitted for fresh tires type of dice roll. So, like, it's kind of hard to make that call. And I just don't know. I don't know. Because does everybody just get on new tires and we have a shootout for five laps at the end if this happens? Or last week we were able to resume basically at the last couple laps. Max had a beautiful overtake. George decided to pit. I mean, it's just, like, yes, I understand Abu Dhabi's – this one-off, but like, there's a lot of one-offs in F1 in general. It's just a hard call, and so I've kind of seen people talking both ways. What, as a driver, would you want to see happen? Well, so here's here's the thing about Danny Rick, uh, the Danny Rick situation in the safety car. Okay, uh, where he stopped, he lost power, he lost engine power, and so like, there was nothing he could do but drift. Uh, or like just kind of glide into the spot, and he's picked uh, the best spot, I think, really, uh, because there was there was a turnoff just like maybe 50 meters behind him. Uh, unfortunately, he, he left it in gear when, or like the car was left in gear whenever it shut off, and like the power lost, it was let it was in gear still, and so like once it came to a stop, it wasn't moving, and so the marshals couldn't 
one, turn the car back on and put it in neutral to roll it back to turn off. Uh, so they needed to get the crane, and that takes some time. So under normal circumstance, like, so normally you would say that, you know, probably one could assume, that marshals could assume that the car is in neutral or that the driver has left the car in neutral, and they're able to push it back. And that's happened many times. It's a regular occurrence in an F1 race. Happened early in this race the car. Exactly. And so uh, that's probably what, the FIA and the stewards and the marshals were communicating like, hey, that's what we're going to do. We're, cars are neutral. Uh, we're we're going to move it back. They find out that the car is still in gear and that it's stuck, and they try to move it, and to tr- they try to turn it back on and, and uh, put it back in neutral, and there's video footage of all of this uh, while the safety car is out or while the, it's yellow flagged still. So, like, they tried their best. The stewards tried their best, first and foremost, to avoid a safety car because there was maybe a, a lap or, or two of of it just being yellow flagged. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they, you know, uh, like, communicated, probably. It's stuck in gear. We we can't roll it back. We need the crane. Then they safety, safety card it. You know, in hindsight, quarterbacking in 2020, you know, back here on a, on a Tuesday <laughs> after the race. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we could say that. Yeah, they probably should have red flagged it. You know, a, a lap after that. But you know, they probably didn't. They're like, ah, oh, the turnoff's fifty meters. You know, to the car. There's a crane right there. But you know, that takes time. They probably it just does. made an error. They, you know, they made a Ferrari pit, uh, pit crew error. Here's the thing. I need. I need to give you some context <laughs> here too. A lap at Monza is a minute and twenty seconds. So imagine yeah. what you can do in three minutes. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it's a short amount of time. I mean, that is like, you, you know, you got two laps already burnt in, in basically three minutes, even if they slowed down for a yellow flag. So it's a, a minute 20 for a lap. So maybe four minutes, but you've got four minutes of time to, okay, can we move the car? Can we try to avoid this? Can we? Get the race back going again. No, we can't. But then where's the crane? And there's only so many marshals at that at that right. corner, right? You got the marshal running back to the to get the crane, gotta start the crane, gotta maneuver it exactly. to where, from wherever it was onto the track. You know, there's a lot there's a lot of logistics to move a, an F one car off a track, and off a live safely, track at that. Safe safety as well, right? Right. Safety is the precedent here. And so uh it's interesting. I think that un Ending under safety car is kind of crappy. In my opinion, what I had in my mind. Yeah, it sucks for the show. It does. But, like, why don't we do, like, a soccer thing, right? There's penalties in soccer, but the clock keeps going, right? Why don't we add laps at the end or something? I mean, but then if you if you do that, it opens up a lot more. No, yeah, because, yeah, like, they're, they, they've got just enough fuel in the tank to complete the oh, race yeah. and have enough of the sample so and go. so like extra laps we've and that and we've had that issue before with Vettel where, last year in Baku with, right? yeah there's there's been a few yeah. Lewis had that issue uh, uh Sebastian had that issue and so like yeah adding adding laps I don't think that's the answer I think uh they follow the rules this time as they should sometimes it ends on their safety car uh long Longtime fans of F1 will know that there there was a period of time in F1 in like you know 2012 2013 that a lot of the races ended up ended in safety car and you know that's just the way it is sometimes it's the way it is uh, not every not everything is going to be a spectacular fireworks show not everything is going to you know be a shootout like it was in Abu Dhabi what I will say though and we could end here uh, 
you know, on this thought, sure. I'll, I'll talk back to you. Uh, a lot of the media, to include F1 TV, like poked at Lulu and Toto about it, and and like Toto like was just so emotionless because he's been asked about it probably so many Michael, times at this point Michael, in his no, life. Right. He's just you just like you know, this time you know we have a rule and this time they follow the rule and you know they hadn't before but they did this time and sometimes so like yeah whatever fuck yeah sometimes refs will fuck yeah that's I mean come on. You watch sports? You ever watch you any know, sport that happens? Any yeah. sport. As an NBA guy, oh, you don't even get me started on refs. Hockey, you don't even get me started on refs. All the sports that I follow before, sometimes the refs fuck you. That's just the way that it is, man. You you hate to see it, you know, it, yeah, game it seven last quarter, yeah. but you know that happens. But sometimes the dominant racer comes and shows his face the next year, uh, similar to MJ <laughs> with the Bulls. Um, uh, similar to Steph Curry with the Warriors. I don't want to talk about the Lamont yeah, guy. I will say Red Bull, Red Bull and, and Max definitely have both championships in the bag. It's not really a question of if. It's more it's, of a question of when at this point. When is possibly next, and that's a good uh, point to end on. So we have uh, a couple of races coming up I'm super excited about. So we have Singapore, which we haven't had in a while due to COVID. And we yes. also finally, finally have Japan and Suzuki. <laughs> Yes, I'm so excited. Those are the next two races. I am so hyped. If it doesn't rain at Suzuki, I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed. Oh, man. And so Max, though, if he wins uh, uh, two weeks from now, I think, I have to look, at uh, at Singapore, uh, he is the champion already in the bag, locked in. That's how dominant he has been yeah, this year. That's crazy. Yeah. And so that's nuts. Here's, here's, here's something. With, with, and we have six races left, yeah. you know. Including Singapore, yeah, so Singapore, like that would be Japan, with five races Mexico, left. Mexico, uh, Coda, your favorite track, Brazil, and then Abu Dhabi. But here's the thing: if when Max wins, either in Singapore or Japan, because it's going to be one of those two, unless like Red Bull really shits the bag, I hope to God that Max just plays like defensive king of the hill and helps Checo get P1 in Mexico. That is what I want to see, man. That's what I want to see. Max is like, I got the championship already, buddy. Let's get you P1 in Mexico, bro. That's what that I want to see. That would be dope. That would be dope. A one-two, a one-two with Checo at the top. Exactly. That's what I want to I see. I support that. That's the dream there. Well, that's been our uh, quick coverage and uh, mostly hot takes on the Italian Grand Prix over at Monza. Without our Italian compadre, John, hopefully he returns next week after he finds his Arabian goggles. Don't Google that. Uh <laughs> But you can work or a government computer. You could do yeah. that on your phone all day. Don't. Maybe uh, incognito mode. Probably a good idea. You can also Google and or just find us at Zero Lift Podcast. We're both on Twitter and Instagram. There you can find links to our Discord where you can find this sort of nonsense in text form instead of in voice form. Uh, you've been joined by me, Ryan, the F1 expert, and uh, with Lenny here, the uh, actual race expert. Thanks yep, for, and uh, if you want to at me, I'm at Mr. Zero Lift on all social media. If you want any Nismo goodies, maybe some other JDM parts, hit me up. Uh, I got the link. He's the JDM guy. Awesome, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Keep it pinned.